Welcome, everybody, the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Myself and Brandon Funston. Today, no special guest because we don't have time for a guest. We have too much to go through today to get through. And uh, also, everybody else is busy. It's it's Friday. Although, Brandon wasn't that busy because your team didn't even get the pick. You were just mentioning that. You actually get to watch one tonight. Yeah, one tonight and then like two more the rest of the way. That's it. Three picks <laughs> for the Seahawks. Yeehaw. <laughs> Look. Speaking of picks and trades and that type of we're going to get to the Aaron Rodgers situation, but this is mostly about the draft, but we're going to say that we'll, we'll bookend that with this podcast and say it that way. But a reminder, I'll be live again tonight. Well, depending on when, well, yeah, I guess the afternoon, if you wait until Saturday to listen to this, but I'll be live updating the picks again. Uh, look, we could just start with the first pick, Brandon. I mean, it was one we've talked about kind of already. We've already hit on it. So I don't think we need to spend a ton of time on Trevor Lawrence. We knew it was going to happen. We knew Trevor Lawrence was going to the Jaguars. Uh, the NFL made us wait 10 minutes just to find out. Uh, the, really, we talked about it on the other podcast. So short version, now that it's official, now that you've had two days to think about it since we talked to Marcus Grant about it, are you still in the top 10 potential for Lawrence or are you seeing some of the numbers people are throwing out there for projection wise and saying, you know what, maybe that's a little bit too aggressive, more aggressive than I thought. I'm still there. I, I, okay. I'm, I'm not going to waver. In fact, you know, you say Trevor Lawrence go into a team that we knew had James Robinson and DJ Chark and Marvin Jones and LaVishka Chenault. Oh, he also has this college running back now, Travis Etienne. Um, Etienne. That's a whole, E oh, I, I thought I was I I've been saying ETN, but I, I thought you tried. I thought you corrected me to Etienne. No, I've been correct. Oh. I've been correcting everybody to ETN. So you were right. Okay. You were right to okay. start. I looked All it right. up. That, that feels yeah. natural to me. ETN. Um, <laughs> look at man. That's just another feather in his cap, and that's a whole another discussion we're gonna have to have. Um, oh, we're gonna get right to it because there's no yeah. point in saving it and coming back around just for the right. order of the don't, draft. Don't so. bury the lead, which you know it's one of the biggest <laughs> things that happened in the draft in terms of fantasy fallout for sure. I'm not kidding. I have my friend Mike Medina, who's never probably expected to have his name thrown out on the podcast <laughs> before, was sitting here in my house uh, as I was doing the updates. And I'm not kidding you, Brandon. I literally sat there and I was telling him about my Jacksonville Jaguars $20 bet on the Super Bowl that I told you about, right? Like right <laughs> yeah. up there. And I said, I'm really excited for them. And this was 30 seconds before the pick came up. And I looked at him and said, just don't ruin James Robinson. And then, they, they boom. Ruined, they ruined and James I dropped, Robinson. I dropped quite a few F-bombs. <laughs> uh, he was not as happy uh, either because he has James Robinson in a few leagues. I would have had him. I would have had James Robinson with a $200 budget in my home league for $8 next year after a $3 draft bid. So let's get to that. Uh, you know what? I, I don't care that it's becoming commonplace. And I'm not saying this to be like, oh, I'm the first one who said it. I'm sure somebody might even beat me to the punch because I had to do a full write-up. But so the easiest way to say this is ETN and James Robinson are now their version of Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray. That's the easiest way to put it for me. Yeah. There's upside with Latavius Murray. There's upside with James Robinson. We know they're RB1s when the other person gets hurt. But you don't draft... No matter... What Urban Meyer said, and I put lying and strike through the line, you don't draft a running back in the first round to be your third down running back. Like we know right. that's not the case. I think it's a little bit lesser version of Kamara and a little bit lesser version of Latavius Murray because it is the Jaguars and because you are taking this away. And now this is without Drew Brees. But do we say ETN is high end RB2? James Robinson's an RB3 and just kind of de facto treat them as the slightly lesser versions of the Saints running backs. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I would probably think of James Robinson as maybe having a, a higher uh, ceiling than Latavius Murray. But then so they kind of slot in between. Yeah. And then ETN having clearly not as high a ceiling as Alvin Kamara. You know, it's just it just sucks. I mean. The best version of a running back timeshare we have in the league is Cleveland. And it's because they are willing to just completely sell out to the run. And right. that's not what Jacksonville is going to do. And, you know, these guys have, I mean, the great thing about James Robinson, you cannot, you cannot ever say the, the, Oh, he's better with lesser touches thing in fantasy. That, that hits like a lead balloon to me because we are a volume game and, I, lesser touches is not better. It never is, you know, and that's just the way, it, you know, that's just the way it is. So James Robinson. Yeah. I mean, back end RB one, we hardly knew you, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's just the way it's going to be another time and, share. And we'll be honest about it too, is even if let's say, 
let's say James Robinson wasn't RB2 last year. Let's put him in the conversation with like the Chris Carsons of the world, who we know can have RB1, but that, that's that side argument. Right, I'm just saying. Right. He's in that team. Or, and Urban Meyer comes in and drafts Etienne in the first round. We'd still be having the same conversation because it's a new regime, a new head coach who comes in and drafts his guy. Urban Meyer has zero ties to James Robinson. Right. Right, exactly. And do you think he, he kind of likes the idea of his rookie franchise quarterback having the familiarity of his of his you know college running back back there as well? I, yeah, I mean, I think James Robinson's going to be one of those guys. He certainly appears so. And and you listen to everybody in Jacksonville talk about how just what a what a great guy he is. What he does everything right. Like he's going to endear himself to. Urban Meyer, and he's going to play himself into, you know, the, I, I think a, a, a very clear platoon, but I think that's what it is. It's like ETN's going to be more of a receiving guy, but he's going to get plenty of carries. And, you know, they're just going to work these guys back and forth. And, um, you know, it, God forbid, it, it could be like a, you know, a better version of what Tampa has, you know, where you're going back and forth each better week. Like, yeah. That would be the, see, that would be the worst. I'd actually, you know what? I'd rather take the consistency and just say it's unfortunate for James Robinson than to deal with that. I'd rather, instead of it being ETN weeks one, two, then week three. (laughs) And then all of a sudden Carlos Hyde sneaks in for one week somehow because it's Carlos Hyde or like, but I, you know, I, I drew the comparison rookie wise. I said, ETN think of Clyde Edwards, Alaire last year, Clyde Edwards, Alaire was a disappointment on where people wanted to draft him because we didn't know about the Le'Veon Bell situation and people were taking him as the seventh, eighth running back off the board and that, but at the end of the season, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Clyde Edwards-Alaire as the mid-level RB2, some RB1 upside weeks, some RB3 disappointing weeks. I think that's a nice outlook of what you should expect for ETN. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, and I mean, look, at Jacksonville was going to draft a running back. They had terrible running back depth, and no no coach wants to come in. We and, were just hoping it wasn't going to be till day three. Right, exactly. You know, that would be, you know, if they had t- taken someone in day three that we liked, we would have had them on our sleeper list and said, you know what, they want to curb James Robinson's, you know, workload a little bit. And now they're just, you know, they're carving it in half is what they decided to do. Oh, they just put it on a stake. What are you kind of talking about? <laughs> James Robinson's head's just out there. <laughs> Thank you for murdering James Robinson, assholes. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Exactly. Uh, uh, let's let's backtrack. You know what? We're not even going to go all the way back to the top of the draft. We'll backtrack one and go to Najee Harris. Let's talk Najee Harris because I'm supremely excited. You know this, and I'm not you the same way. Like we all, the fantasy community was sitting here going. Get Najee Harris to the Steelers. We all see it. We all know that the Steelers, when they have the opportunity, Mike Tomlin treats his running back like a bell cow. We know that. That was part of the argument for like why we wanted to see that happen with the Dolphins is maybe they took one early because of that. Still, Javante Williams is sitting out there. That might happen in day two, and we'll probably have the same excitement going on for it. The pushback, if you're following fantasy Twitter or just in general, is that look at that offensive line. And like that offensive line is trash and that offensive line isn't doing anybody favors. And that's why nobody succeeded. And James Cutter, but I pushed back with James Cutter did succeed. James Cutter just couldn't stay healthy. And Najee Harris. Okay. Here's where I'm at, Brandon. I say Najee Harris is a low end RB one. I think he can push the top 10 as a rookie, even with that offensive line, which by the way, their draft isn't done. But that being said, mm-hmm. he's a low end RB one. Because of the offensive line, if the offensive line was what it was four years ago, we'd be saying Najee Harris, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, top five, in my yeah. opinion. Am I crazy to say that? No, I don't think so at all. It used to just be the most plug and play situation in football with the, with the running back. First of all, Tomlin loves his loves his bell cow. He always has, and you know they've always had great offensive lines. And you know you look at the draft. There's a pretty deep. You know I think they can look at it and say there's a bigger difference between the talent after Najee Harris and maybe throwing Javante Williams and, and Travis uh, ETN, but like there's, it's a, it's a pretty loaded tackle, you know, draft. There's guys that they can get in the second and third round. I think that maybe, you know, some years might've been, you know, borderline first rounders, but Pittsburgh's also great at developing their offensive linemen. They've had a pretty good history of that. So I think they feel like they just want to take care of, you know, the running back position, get a, get a true franchise running back, and then they will start working on repairing the offensive line. So I, I think, you know, I think they made the right move. I, you know, I love, and you love, we all love when needs in fantasy 
fall right. right. And this, this was it. You know, I look at like the three of the five wide receivers, I think fell right, you know, and, and most of the quarterbacks fell right as well. I mean, it was a pretty good overall draft for fantasy. The ETN one was the big <laughs> screw us all over. But Punch other in the than, gut. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, I mean, I, whatever, Kadarius Tony and with the giants, I'm not going to, uh, we're going to get to that. Yeah. You know, we were going to spend a little time on the Giants. <laughs> you know that. Uh, yeah. But as, like I'm saying, is the offensive line concern is baked in. That's why Harris isn't top five. That's why I'm not yeah. sitting here saying, you know what? You can make a case for Harris over an Alvin Kamara with Jameis Winston. You can make that case if you want. I'm not saying that because of the offensive line, but that's what's baked in. That's why he's low in RB1. Let's not forget these bell cow running backs. Like it's just two or three years ago. Yeah. Last year we had a lot of disappointment, but we were asking for situations like this. I, I, I go back to it again. The Zeke Elliott, like, oh, he's never played it down in the NFL. Yeah, how did that work out for his first season, right. first couple of seasons? Saquon Barkley, you go down the list. By the way, I'm looking at round two, third and fourth pick, Falcons and Dolphins. Williams, Williams running back, somebody, somebody there, somebody just that. Those two teams are screaming for who Dolphins pick again at 18, too, by the way. Dolphins are going to be fun as well. Yeah, the All Dolphins right. are going to be fun. And, but I, I think Williams will go early early today that's the, that's what i that's as a fancy selfish person if williams doesn't go three or four i mean i'm that's what i was scrolling i was looking down and saying like looking at the team i mean we could just run through them real quick like eagles no Bengals no unless they want see that's the thing is i'm scared something like that might happen i know the Bengals probably go offensive line after taking chase in the first round but like denver Detroit was swift. A, like San Francisco would be amazing, by the way, because he'd step in as the lead. But Dallas, like there's teams in here where the Patriots, where he could go and then be struggling to get touches, whereas the Dolphins don't pick again till the 50th pick, 18th in that round if they don't take him with that fourth pick. Yeah, I think the Bengals can wait. I, I feel like they want their geo replacement, and there seems to be a decent amount of those guys that they could probably get in the in the middle and in, in late rounds. So, um, yeah, I, Michael I think, Carter. Yeah, Michael Carter. Be the great. other one. He'd be. Uh, yeah, yeah. let me get interesting. Another, another UNC Geo. Geo is from North Carolina as well. That's true. Yeah, good, good call on that one. <laughs> they just keep going back to the well. All right, let's go all the way back up. Zach Wilson. We already touched on him on the show too. So this is another one we don't need to spend a lot of time on. The only thing I added that we didn't talk about with Marcus on Wednesday in my write-up is I, again, drew the comparisons to Daniel Jones and James Winston, the decision-making, but you like his aggressiveness. He's got better arm than Daniel Jones, as we've seen, because we've seen the rollout and the throwdown. We've seen that play a million times. I said, what could be interesting here, and you know this, Brandon, because we talked about it on the uh, the free agency write-up show. And I said, I have concerns about Corey Davis being the number one. Like, I think the reason Corey Davis succeeded is because he got that pressure taken off of him. I don't think, as much as I thought coming out of college he could be, I think at this point of watching him, we had that whole 1A, 1B discussion with Beller, like that whole, like, what's a 1B? Like, we did that whole thing. <laughs> yes. I said the sneaky thing here could be Denzel Mims in, in season two for yeah. letting Corey Davis draw that attention. Then all of a sudden, Denzel Mims sneaks out as maybe a Will Fuller type. Yeah, well, a little bit more of a power forward Will Fuller type. Um, yeah, yeah I, I love Denzel Mims. And I actually think Zach Wilson, that, this is a good, this is a good marriage. Um, so... Yeah, I'm I'm going to be having a lot of Denzel Mims. I think that you know, because of injury and because of situation, we didn't get to see him flourish in his rookie year. But there were definitely you know there were definitely moments that he had where he showed what his talent is, and I was I was high on him going into the draft. So I'm I'm going to be willing to go back to that well uh, with him and just you know trust that this new regime kind of helps and, and this new quarterback kind of helps him along. <laughs> Uh, I'm definitely with you. So let's get to new quarterback and we get, we finally got the clarity, by the way, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it on the show. Victory lap. You're welcome. Everybody plus four fifty, plus five fifty. If you listen to me <laughs> on the Trey Lance bet with the 49ers, uh, by the way, friend of the show, I'm not going to call it the person's name. who was texting me last night. What they would, should, should they look at Mac Jones and who had plus money? He moved to plus money last night. I was like, uh, I still want to make the pick. I don't believe it. I am on Trey Lance. So haha, ha, everybody. But <laughs> seriously, so Trey Lance, San Francisco. I don't think any of us expect him to start out of the gate. Be like this. The funny thing is we heard all those Jimmy Garoppolo trade rumors. And but what we said, and I say we, we said it on the show. I'm not. This isn't the victory lap portion. <laughs> it's that <laughs> we were saying that Trey Lance, if he was the 49ers option, 
that makes sense to hold on to Garoppolo and yeah. let Lance sit and learn. So do you expect I got a two two part this question for you, Brandon? Do you expect Lance to see the field as a without injury? Do you expect him to see the field as a starter as a rookie? And then part two, now that we know and we're going to get to where fields went now that we know where the five quarterbacks went, where would you put Lance in dynasty? Uh, this is, you know, this is almost like the Alex Smith, Colin Kaepernick situation, right? Like I think San Francisco is good enough with Jimmy Garoppolo that they could, they could be one of the best teams in football, you know, and then the decision is going to have to be, well, uh, do we have a higher ceiling with Trey Lance? Do we need to get him going? Or do we just ride out this year with Jimmy G and, you know, do some kind of Mahomes thing where you give, and again, that was another Alex Smith situation where you, where you give, uh, <laughs> Sorry, you know, you give Trey Lance like the last start of the year and right. then you move on to him the following year. But, uh, that's what it feels like. And I'm cracking up because it was almost, a, it was a chorus of head coaches saying, Cam Newton's still our starter. Andy Dalton's still our starter. We still want Jimmy G here, you know, and it's, you know, <laughs> It's the same deal as Anthony Lynn said last year when they had Tyrod and Justin Herbert comes in and Tyrod Taylor still our starter, you know, of course. Oh, wait, so you're saying the medical staff's going to stab him in the chest? <laughs> I don't know about that, but these things have a way of working themselves out towards the rookie at some point. But I think in San Francisco, it's going to be very interesting. We can see Jimmy G still start uh, the majority of the season. I would not be shocked by that at all. I will. I do want to say this, though. Do you believe that Mac Jones was their guy initially? And nope. the reason? No. Okay. No. That, because that. So here's the here's trade, why. The this trade is, from 12 to 3 was when always Mac Trey Jones Lance. Had to be. Otherwise. Because he, here's what I'm saying. You got Mac Jones at 12, and then you Boom. gave up two future first rounders. To, That's to, why. And so when I tried to explain the smokescreen in the draft, in the. Um, the betting picks of why I would do the Trey Lance was to say it made no sense to create a smokescreen unless you just weren't sure what the Jets were going to do, which you never know. Like, I know they were sitting there the entire time saying Zach Wilson, but there was report upon report upon report that the 49ers were going to be Mac Jones. So yeah. what if, and this is the scenario I painted out, and obviously it's hindsight, so it doesn't, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I said if the Jets had one, a Trubisky-type offer come their way, and they said, well, we don't see a big disparity between the next three quarterbacks. We'll move down to six or seven or whoever what it, what it was and take the draft capital and then still go get Fields or still go get Mac Jones. So you don't want the number two pick to be Trey Lance. And that was the only way it made sense to make a smokescreen. But what you said was the biggest thing that always made sense the entire time. Mac Jones was going to be there at 12. Right. So you don't trade up if Mac Jones is your guy. So that's why I never really believed it was Mac Jones. Yeah. And if you, if you thought there was a really good chance he'd be there at 12, then maybe you move up to seven, you know, to Detroit or something, you know, and, and, and yeah. say, okay, I don't need to give up two future first rounders. We'll give up one and you know, or do like what the Eagles did, which we're going to get to like that yeah. with the wide receiver situation. All right. Now we see he's there, but let's make that small move. But all right, let's let's do that. Let's let's finish off the quarterbacks, and then we'll come back off to the re regular position. So Justin Fields. So two things here. First of all, Dave Gettleman traded down. I know. Look at <laughs> it that. only took. And he got entire... a good deal. He got a good deal. Well, I, he got I mean, a good guess, deal. I will give I him guess credit. These things have like a chart, and they have to be in a certain. You know, I mean, everybody right. kind of gets close to the same range. I have officially. It's funny. It's a net neutral because I 100% give him credit for trading down. We'll get to the pick later on. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but Justin Fields falls to the Bears. Uh, kudos on the Bears. You did it right. The NFL did it wrong. Finally. I still, you know how I feel about Justin Fields. Allen Robinson now definitively has his best quarterback ever. You said the one thing I wanted to get to. Andy Dalton's the starter. No, he's not. No, he's not. Justin Fields is the starter, especially because you traded up for him. We've talked about this, and you didn't answer the question with Lance, so let's bring Fields into it. You said this on Wednesday, that you could see Fields being your number two, potentially even number one, because of the mm -hmm. rushing upside. So, dynasty quarterbacks only. Rank them. I'm assuming Mac Jones is fifth. But <laughs> rank, the, right. rank, rank the top four and tell me how excited you are, a rookie only, even, as his first season for Fields with the Bears. Um, I'll, I'll still go Lawrence. I just love all of his weapons now. Um, the Bears don't have... They have Allen Robinson. I mean, Cole Komet's interesting. Darnell Mooney's don't, interesting. I was going to say, don't poo-poo Mooney. 
I'm not, but they're just, uh, you know, I don't think they're on the level as what Trevor Lawrence has to work with. And you did the same thing I did. Are we assuming Anthony Miller is going to be gone? Yeah, well, he's still I mean, there for I've now. I've heard that. I mean, I've, I've heard, you know, local reporters and stuff say that that's that's going to be the case, or, or believe that will be the case. Either way, uh, you know what? It's very close. I mean, we gotta give Lawrence credit. He'll probably run a little bit as well. But Justin Fields, it's that's really kind of where it's at. Is he a right? 500 yard rusher is he an 800 yard rusher that could be the swing yeah and that could be the swing and if he is an 800 yard rusher then i'm wrong then it needs to be justin fields number one so but that's the thing is it's it's okay okay, so then to really quickly uh i would go Trey lance and dynasty three uh yeah and then i would go then yeah then i would go zach wilson and then then mac Mac jones yeah that's certainly fair so you wouldn't be upset if somebody was like i'm taking fields over lawrence no not not at all um, that's good. That's, I'm, I'm with you on that. I see. I'm with you in the fact that I still lean on Lawrence, uh, but it's so close because I, I do believe in the rushing upside. Um, my only concern, honestly, I'll put it this way. If you put Justin Fields on the 49ers, I would say I'm taking Justin. Like I would definitively take Justin Fields. My hesitancy is the Bears ruining Justin. Because that's right. my hesitancy. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, you know, do embarrassed things. Um, yeah, I mean, they're close enough that it is situationally dependent in my mind. Like it is like if you give Justin Fields the better situation then I'm on Justin Fields, I think they're that close. And I just think okay. Trevor Lawrence is in the better situation. So last one, Mac Jones falls to the Patriots. And I'm okay. just glad, like, I don't even hate the Patriots. I'm a Giants fan. And the Patriots don't bother me. <laughs> like, they never had. My dad's a quote-unquote Patriots fan. I say quote-unquote because he barely pays attention to sports. He's Red Sox and Patriots, which is, makes no sense because he's Red Sox and Patriots. And then he's Rangers and Knicks. Like, what the hell happened to you growing <laughs> up? Like, did you have internal conflict? You're like, what? and I have no idea what happened with my dad. But anyway, if I was going to be pissed off if Justin Fields fell to him just because it's like, you know, it's it's the rich getting richer situation. Like, right. how did you let this happen? Like, yeah, so we didn't. You, you didn't get a wallow in being a bad team long enough, and you don't deserve to get right. Fields handed to you. Okay, can I say something really quick? I thought I had about a I don't know five percent chance thought that we were going to see one of the greatest moments in NFL draft history with the Jets trading up in front of the Patriots to take a second quarterback in the first round. <laughs> To just make certain that one of them wouldn't be a bust, but also screw the Patriots in their division. God, I was like, okay, that's not going to happen. But it's a weird what spot you for the Jets to trade, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> so if oh, that didn't happen, that would have been amazing, though. Yeah, let's, let's not go down the Washington team. I was about to say their old name at the time because it was the Griffin <laughs> Cousins. But that was at least Cousins was around three. Correct yeah, me if I'm wrong. It was, it was three, three or four. Three? Three. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah, so that that's a whole thing. But anyway, so Mac Jones. I think the easy comparison, a lot of people go back to Andy Dalton's people were making the Andy Dalton comparison, but uh, for fantasy purposes, people forget Andy Dalton was a fringe QB one and actually a QB one two or three times. I don't remember how many off the top of my head. So that's an easy and it's really want to bring it up to date. I said, Mac Jones for me is expect Baker Mayfield, Derek Carr typeness, like in that 15 to 18 range, maybe in his best season, he might sneak into QB 11 or 12 or something like that. Yeah. Well, and the weird thing is, is he has a lot of Brady traits. Like, so I was listening to Pete Schrager talk from the NFL uh, network, talk about how big tennis has been in his family. Like his, his mom and dad were like big time tennis players. His brother. Where's this going? I'm so curious to find out where this is going. Well, that Mac Jones grew up (laughs) playing a lot of tennis. If you think about tennis, the footwork that he gets lauded for. Okay. Okay. And in, while not being, I mean, he ran a four eight, which is not terrible for a quarterback. I mean, did you not see his sprint walk to the stage? <laughs> <laughs> I know, my God, I was like, good lord. I actually, yeah, I commented out loud, and um, but he has really good footwork. He has good feel in the pocket, and he's tremendously accurate in the short area. They can do a lot of the things that they did with Tom Brady, and I would not be surprised if they kind of just reprise that sort of offense not that they went away from it a whole lot but they just kind of went away from offense altogether last year and i think <laughs> that can change this year i you know he's not going to get me too excited but can he be a back-end qb2 yeah sure could he even you be know. that as a rookie with those weapons though that's that's the question i mean you're looking at well this if he's, this is their you know, depth chart right now area, Nelson- if, you're, <laughs> if you're going hunter henry and johnny smith over that's and over and over again nelson aguilar 
yeah, I mean, the short area stuff. I mean, that's maybe they had this in mind when they went and got their two, you know, good tight ends. That is, yeah, the accuracy. That's what we were talking about for the longest time. All right. Uh, Mac Jones, it's over. Uh, Quarterback. So let's go all the way up. Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts, Atlanta said, best player. We don't care that we already have Hayden Hurst. And I don't care that they have Hayden Hurst either. Because you know why? Hayden Hurst can block. Guess what? He's going to be doing a hell of a lot now. Guess what? Hayden Hurst used to block for, and Mark Andrews used to make all the plays. So Hayden Hurst, it's like deja vu all over again. It is. And (laughs) as I said, for all intents and purposes, Kyle Pitts is the number three receiver. Whether you want to call him a wide receiver, whether you want to call him tight, whatever the hell you want to call him. Um, And Mike Clay of ESPN, he put out his projections last night, and I'm, what was it off the top of my head? I I remember it was like 700 yards or somewhere around there, 800 yards, whatever it was, I totaled it out. This is the important part. The numbers that Mike Clay gave him, which I thought arguably were a little bit low, were tight end eight last year. Tight end well, eight. For I'm guessing that we will both have him ranked higher than tight end eight. And that's where I was going to go with it. I, I want to say, I know it was 64 receptions because I remember half for half PPR was 32, and that's what I added to his yards. Um, but so you would, yeah, because it was 700 I, yards because gonna, it got him to yeah. 109 or 10 something like that. I, I may, it depends on where I end up feeling like right now I have Hawkinson five, that spots, that spots up for that's dicey. Right now. Yeah, it's right. It's, yeah. So I don't think I'm putting pits above Mark Andrews and, and, and making the top four, but he could be number five for me. He's five or six probably when it's all said and done. Cause as soon as you get to five, it's kind of a mess. Yeah, Hawkinson was fine as we yeah. talked about on the show. And then they ruined everything by sending away Stafford. And, right. Yeah. Why not? Why not chase that upside at that point, you know, and then if it doesn't work out, then maybe, I don't know, Gerald Everett, somebody that, you know, it doesn't go in the top 12 is, you know, is someone you turn to during well, the year. There's still be guys, right? There'll be guys that emerge. And that, and that was the whole reason I even said that when we did our way too early mock draft and you remember, I took him as like what tight end 11, tight end 10, somewhere around there. Yeah. And you just made the argument. I'll make it tight end. I know we've sat here and said, you know, that second tight end group is usually the one that busts at the Ingrams, the OJ Howard's the like the blah, blah, blah. I mean, Hayden Hurst this past year, <laughs> he was yeah. in that group, but at the same time, we're doing it for a reason because on the flip side, there's names in there that did. And then there's names that you just said is if it does bust, well, then you grab a Robert Tanyan or a Logan Thomas or something. It's tight end. You're shooting for upside. You're not shooting to come away with tight end 11 because what is tight end 11? 500 yards and five touchdowns. Who cares? Right. Yeah. So, yay, Kyle Pitts. Uh, so we're excited about this. So let's talk to these wide receivers. Jamar Chase was wearing the Bengals cleats. I immediately changed my mock draft. I said, I believe it. <laughs> I believe that's it. You don't, you don't rock colors of a team no. to a draft, no matter the fact that Joe Burrow is on the team. You just don't do that with the chance that you're going to a different team. So Jamar Chase, I'm going to bring in the big three because let's t- attack them all at yeah. the same time because Chase ends up at Cincinnati. Waddle ends up on Miami. Devontae Smith, the Eagles jumped the Giants knowing how much they love because Gettleman's such a good job at keeping secrets that everybody knew the Giants wanted Waddle or Smith. And the Eagles did the right thing. They said, well, screw you. We're taking them. Interdivision or inter, well, yeah, division trade, which, oh, it doesn't happen. Yeah, it does happen. Um, but here's the thing Chase creates an amazing, I'm pointing at my thing on the screen. <laughs> Chase, Chase creates a wonderful trio for the Bengals and Joe Burrow. Waddle, another great trio for Tua in that situation. And a Devontae, slot. I mean, you can put him in the slot and you can run Fuller and Devontae on the outside. It, it fits very well. It does. And Chase fits very well because you keep Boyd in the slot and you run Higgins yep. and Chase on the outside. Devontae Smith, though, of these three, I think walks into the best rookie situation. If you're talking redraft only, because he is definitively the one or the two from day. This is, I'm going to compare it. Now, he's not Justin Jefferson. But he's walking into that volume. He's walking into a hundred plus targets. It's going to be Smith and Rager. And that's that's yeah. what the appeal here is. I like Chase as the best receiver. I like Waddle just as much, if not a little bit more than Devontae Smith. If you want to talk dynasty, I'll take Chase. If you want to talk dynasty, I might still take Waddle. But I say might in the fact that Devontae Smith for redraft and because of his landing spot is right there with them because of that vault. The volume is just going to be there. It is. I mean, you can look at the, you know, the, the receivers for the Eagles before Smith and you're not a hundred percent sure that any of them are good. 
like Jalen Rager was, you know, he was injured and it was a spotty rookie year. He may not be that good. He may be good, but he may not be that good. We just don't, we don't know yet. It's, it's, I still believe he is. I'm going to have a lot of Jalen Rager this year. (laughs) It's inconclusive, but we know the rest of the group. I mean, Travis Fulgham was like a, a hot 15 minutes and then he was yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I don't want to. I won't diss on him too much. No, no, no. I mean, it's like, there's many times we can get Falcon's name mentioned. I, I was the first <laughs> yeah. one to say, don't. As soon as they starts getting number one attention, get off the yeah. train. Like I love right. the kid, but let's. You know, we have to be. That's our job. We have to be honest about talent. Not everybody can be a number one or even a number two in the NFL. Right. So th- then it's just like, how much do you believe in Jalen Hurts? Um, but I, I, I'm with you on, on, and we're re- reuniting all these kids with their I know, that quarterbacks. Was crazy. I mean, that was crazy. That, those three, three, we just mentioned there all, you know, played college together with the quarterback that they went to. It's pretty amazing. So, um, yeah, I I'm with you. I think Devontae Smith is probably in the best situation. Although, you know, Jamar chase basically inherits AJ greens, a hundred and some targets with his college quarterback i mean you're right i was i was if they didn't go jamar chase i was probably going to be top 12 on t higgins at wide receiver like i just yeah. was going to be all in now it's a bummer i have to pump the brakes on that but that they'll still both also be very good so that's where i was going to go real quickly with that is two things here one is should we start talking about joe burrow as a potential qb1 oh, and man. then two is t higgins the one that's hurt the most by these three wide receivers um well so i think t higgins you kind of have to think of as basically close to what he was last year you now i'm honestly i just plug and play chases or greens 100 and whatever it was four nine targets whatever those are chases maybe it fluctuates a little bit maybe because higgins is a second year and you know it hits the ground running in week one his his targets go up a little bit so maybe you project him. What was he like mid twenties at wide receiver last year? Wasn't he kind of like 27? Yeah. So I'm probably putting him in the low twenties and making him a back end wide receiver too. And I might put chase kind of maybe 27. Like I'll probably have Higgins ranked ahead of chase just because of the, the rookie versus the second year guy. But I think they're going to be very, very close together. And I'll probably be right in that back end wide receiver two range. I think we could see very much a Carolina of last year type of situation Yeah, where they all finish somewhere between wide receiver 20 and wide receiver 30 and including Tyler Boyd, right? Like, he's yes, Curtis Samuel. There. And that's where I was going to go with it. Yeah, Curtis Samuel, but Curtis Samuel just ruins my argument. Cause I don't think he's going <laughs> to, cause I was, I was going to say more probably Robbie Anderson for Tyler Boyd again, different players, but I think he might end up being the most consistent of the three just right. because he's going to have that slot volume and you know he's that they run three wide among the best in the league and among the most in the league where i could see higgins is kind of then we're just i mean look it's a rams offense so we just go back to brandon cooks and robert woods and cooper cup you know it's like or even the steelers yeah yeah deontay and yeah i mean we see it happen all the time boyd is i think boyd would be the deontay in that one yeah even though he's running the juju role right yeah uh, but that's what i'm saying like i feel you know as of today it's we've got a few months but i feel like boyd might be the most consistent but you know it'd be interesting i, I could see chase just being the best by the middle of the season just yeah get this i think the point going. is is that you're going to end up kind of having to put all these guys very closely in in your rankings next to each other yes 100% agree with you. All right, so let's get back to those Giants. <laughs> so, I, look, again, I just uh, – kudos, gentlemen, on the trade down, and I know I'm mixing some real NFL into this, but we're hey, we're going to be talking Aaron Rodgers anyway. Uh, but the thing with the Kadarius Tony is it's not that I don't like Kadarius Tony. You know this. You you edited my column. Kadarius Tony was in my tier two. He was actually the first name I mentioned in tier two. Mm-hmm. Not that that means a whole lot because they're all grouped together. But my point being about – value and return on investment you're sitting there in round two the moors are still on the the moops are still on the board the moors are still on the board uh you still have terrace marshall on the board you still have who's who else is still out there there's a few more point being is tony versus what was going to be there at wide receiver is about the same compared to there were quitty pay was on the board derisol was on the board 
you could talk about again go back to those wide receivers that were still sitting there there was needs the uh, the kid from i'm not gonna awusu komara uh, komara komara who's the inexplicably like, yeah, yeah inexplicably fell out of the first round which was just shocking i feel like the isaiah simmons situation messed him up is that because they don't know where to put him is that right. after seeing what happened with simmons i think that worries some people but anyway point being is the drop off from what was there at other positions is why i don't like the tony situation and then for fantasy to compound this issue brandon is is he gonna get 60 targets i mean like we have they brought in galladay slayton which i know slayton's job is now at risk but slayton is outside tony is not tony i compare to right. christian kirk like he can succeed a little bit outside but he's not equipped to be the outside guy. And now you go back to, well, if that's the case, Sterling Shepard. Well, Sterling Shepard's the same thing. You don't really want Sterling Shepard being primarily outside. Sterling Shepard was amazing at the slot. Is he a free agent next year? No, but they have a four million dead cap out on well, him next and year. We he's know probably Galladay gone. Is a one year deal, right? So no, Galladay is a full on contract. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting mixed up with, um, uh, Will Fuller. Will Fuller. No. Yeah. Was Will Fuller yeah, Will one, Fuller's year, a Ju- one year deal? Yeah. And Juju Smith Schuster's one year. Yeah. Okay. I, I was just thinking that maybe I was thinking in my mind, Galladay's one year. No, Shepard. I, I I mentioned this too. Shepard. I I have this in the write up. Shepard's probably gone because yeah. he's a ten point five. I think if I remember correctly, ten point five cap hit next year, but four million to get rid of him. Um, yeah. And so you know you're paying him for three DMPs every year as well, right? <laughs> well, and also the Giants have six other players invested 107 million dollars before you. So if you include Sterling Shepard, it's seven players at 117. He's gone next year. <laughs> like that's yeah. just like let's be real about it. So does that give you a little bit of hope for? Well, here's the flip argument though. If Daniel Jones doesn't succeed, by the way, all excuses are gone. Yeah, Daniel Jones might not even be the quarterback next year because. If he fails, uh, Sam Howell, he's gone. Sam Howell, the guy that we need to learn about they right would have now. To, I think they would have to have the number one pick because next year's draft class is so weak at quarterback that yeah. Howell it's, might be the number one. And then you're not going to see a rush on quarterback. All right, so tell me what you thought about the Tony pick. I mean, you, you can tell I'm not thrilled about it. It's just, well, again, we, we put everything in, a, in a fantasy lens and you can't get excited about that. You know, that's like, the biggest I mean, thing too. The, you know, the, the thing about Tony that was interesting is there's so many of these of these kind of Curtis Samuel types that were five foot nine in this draft, you know, and then he's pushing six foot is, I mean, I think Curtis Samuel is a very good comparison uh, in my mind. I've heard Percy Harbin, you know, um, but that's an interesting, but it's one of those ones. I think it was completely, it was a pick for 2022. I don't think this was a pick for 2021. This is like, we would like you to come in and like you to learn from Sterling Shepard, watch, you know, and, and get some, get some experience, but we're, you know, our whole plan is that we expect you to be, to be, you know, rolling next year. And this year is just going to be a complete, you know, learning situation. So uh, talent can't, can't deny the talent. If they're going to have a few bodies leave um, in 2022, then it makes some sense, but yeah, maybe I mean, not, maybe not, maybe the, the position adding this guy makes sense. Maybe not where they added him. Yeah, so the value, and then, as you yeah. said, we look through a fantasy lens, and it's hurting, at least of now. I mean, as you said, let's say Daniel Jones does succeed, and because let's let's throw out the one. He's the next Josh Allen, because everybody's the next Josh Allen. Let's What's say, a let's successful see. season for Daniel Jones this year from a reality standpoint? Reality? Like, yeah, what makes them think that they can move forward with Daniel Jones as their guy? If you have these weapons... And nobody misses more than a game or two. Let's just you know, say like 14 plus for everybody. Yeah. 14 plus for everybody. If Daniel Jones doesn't throw for 4,500 yards and 30 plus touchdowns, that's a fail. And what's the record have to be? At least I don't care about the record. That's the one thing I don't care about. This, I, you know, I always nine hate and eight. So- like it's so weird to do 17 game schedule now in your head. You know, it used to be I, look. So- I was gonna say even seven and ten because you yeah. know the thing that got brought up on the draft. Uh, show and then you know i don't like to steal from them too much but i think it was kuiper who said this yeah i think he said it even twice is everybody was saying our oh, lawrence lost to Ohio state it's like he's he said what i've said and that's why I'm, I'm echoing him because i've said it before quarterbacks don't lose games the teams lose games and he went up against a team who offensively was putting up a hell of a lot and defensively played a great game and he still looked good so Dan, I'm not going to put the record on Daniel Jones is basically what I'm getting at. Yeah. Um, I guess the turnovers would be a big part of it too. You know, yes. 
if he if he could manage one turnover or less, you know, on average. Don't like pull it. Don't pull a Jameis Winston. Twelve interceptions and five fumbles. He could live with that, you know, like or something like we're, that. We're doing the thirty for thirty on Daniel Jones. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 30, 30 turnovers. That's right. All right. So two more things before we get out of here. One more player, and then Aaron Jones, real quick for everybody. Uh, Rashad Bateman was the last kill pick that we had to Baltimore. Oh. Great. Yeah, I see. I see. <laughs> I love Rashad Bateman. I was so bummed about that pick. Bummed. How, that's where I was going to go with die. this. I, I no, can't. but that's what I was going to say. It's like, are we that upset? Because like, and I'll give you. Look, I'll tell you. I'm not going to bury the lead. I said great receiver, not the greatest landing spot. But it's not all bad because here's the difference. Marquise Brown, you want more as the big play, get downfield. Lamar Jackson can use somebody to get like Willie Sneed was a thing a couple times because he doesn't really have that. And I'm not saying Willie Sneed's not the quick open guy. I'm saying he doesn't have an uber talented quick open guy. Now he does. Rashad Bateman's going to get open like that. His biggest problem is if you ask him to run more routes outside and deal with press coverage, bump coverage, man to man and stuff like that. That's where he can learn and develop. Sure. Down the field. But like right now, Boom, open, boom, open. But I know the attempts is the issue, the passing attempts for Lamar Jackson. So I say he's wide receiver three slash four. I think there's upside here. I actually think he could perform better and have a better season than Marquise Brown, even as a rookie. You don't seem excited. I'm not. It's all about Greg Roman and his lack of I mean, <laughs> his schemes and his creativity is nil. Uh, Marquise Brown's a guy that should be moving around like crazy and they don't do that, you know, and, and look at miles Boykin has been a big bust, but that guy has massive amount of talent. If you put him somewhere else. He, you wouldn't not hear from him ever, you know, right? Like I, I'm sure. I think that, his skill set is wasted for their offense. Yeah. I think receiver skill sets are wasted for this offense <laughs> because first it's Greg Roman's lack of imaginative, you know, creativity in the schemes. Second, it's a very run heavy system. Third, it's it, Lamar Jackson loves to throw across the middle of the field and, and Mark Andrews is typically his guy. Um, right. Well, that's where like, I think Bateman can make some noise. I, I think it's just like Marquise Brown. It's like, yeah, he's been fine for fantasy at times. I just think that's always going to be the case with these Ravens receivers in this offense they're going to be fine at times but consistency goes out the door and i loved loved devin duvernay like i was like this guy led college and i remember in you loved that yeah and he could run a four three and man give lamar jackson just a quick little you know option to throw the screen to this guy and let him do his work and they never even explored that like that gets back to greg roman and i think if they if they ever were to like change their offensive coordinator then I might be interested, but I think well, see, and that's where I'll push back a little bit in the fact that you know this. I wasn't the biggest Duvernay guy, and yeah. I, I think I, I, you know maybe it's the rose-colored glasses side of things of Bateman versus Duvernay in my mind, and Bateman versus what they've had. I think we all would have said we would love to see Bateman on somewhere like the Titans instead, but I don't think it's as bad as everybody's making out to be. I understand it's still it's still a poor situation. To be honest with you, I think this might ding Mark Andrews a little bit, like where Mark Andrews could potentially have gotten back to the Darren Waller level. I think it's kind of limits that upside there. And yeah, I, I agree with you. Boykin's being wasted. Um, but before we get out of here, Brandon, yes, Aaron Rodgers. Like, and the only reason to bring this up is, you know, Aaron Rodgers wanted out. Apparently. I mean, this broke yesterday. That's all anybody was talking about yesterday, myself included, you know, Aaron Rodgers wants out Packers going to look to trade him. Packers don't want to trade him. Everybody tried to make offers. They didn't want to listen to any of them. This is where I'm going to go with it because as of today, they're digging their heels in. Aaron Rodgers probably already did. He's the angriest man in the world right now. And then <laughs> to cap it all off, what do the Packers do in the first round? <laughs> they don't oh. take a wide receiver. They take a corner. Aaron Rodgers, let me put it this way. This is the question people have to ask, and this is where I was going to go with it, Brandon. It's not whether or not we believe he's traded. Not like, in dynasty, in keeper, if you're sitting on Aaron Rodgers, do you get out now and the fact that he might even just pull a screw you, I'm going to go host Jeopardy? Or uh, a Carson Palmer and just yeah. retire? You know? Carson Palmer was sitting on $60 million and said, I don't need to play anymore. I got money. Right. Uh, right. Do you Are you that worried 
that it might head in that direction. I mean, for a different reason, we could be talking about the Le'Veon Bell holdout. We could talk about it holdout because he just doesn't want to anymore and get what you can get. Or are you on the flip side and you're sitting there, I'm going to go trade for Aaron Rodgers because I do think he plays and I can get him at a discount. I think he plays coming off an MVP season. I mean, I know he has a lot of other things going on. I, I think Jeopardy really kind of wants Ken Jennings. So I'll be honest with you. I think that's, <laughs> I think that's their guy for the, for the long haul. Um, but yeah, I mean, clearly he wants to get to the West coast. He wants to finish out his career the way he did. And he wants, look at this is all green Bay's making. They, you take Jordan love in the first round when what Aaron Rodgers was 35, 36. I mean, you got Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady and Drew Brees playing into their forties. If you take Jordan love as a first round pick, you're saying that he's going to be your guy at least sometime in the first three years. You want to give him a full year to play before you have to decide whether you want to, you know, re-up his contract. And like your window, these, you know, this is what these teams want to do is they want to get really good in the quarterback's, you know, first contract window because you can build a whole bunch of guys around him without him to pay the quarterback a ton of money. So you're basically saying, Aaron Rodgers, we got a, you know, a couple years left with you anyways, and then, then we're going to transition. That's a big slap in the face, you know, just like never taking a first round receiver is a slap in the face although they've had a lot of success in the second round with Devonte adams and jordy nelson and randall cobb so maybe maybe we'll they see get him today around. yeah maybe we'll see uh, who knows <laughs> I, I don't know an elijah moore or somebody well, like, i think ooh, if probably he won't last, 30 picks yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's somebody the problem like is that. they're picking deep enough into the second round where that's where i could get to the argument of okay you should have done in the first unlike the giants because the giants are picking 10th they're picking 30th the difference is, is that next tier could be cleaned out by the time. Well, you get maybe Rondale more. I mean, that that would be a that would be a nice little slot weapon for him as well. Um, but yeah, I, I I just always have a hard time thinking that a guy who's coming off one of his best years of his career is just ready to kind of just walk off and throw the it sunset. in. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh no, he's an I, angry I, I'm man. I'm sure he's going to try and try and try as much as he can to get you know somewhere west him and his was it shailene woodley his his fiance yeah are you familiar with her no she's from uh she's one from one of those ya novels turned movie series um oh really yeah she's you, you, you'll know you'll know who she is if you if you but i forget the name of the the series i'm i'm at a loss right now um <laughs> if you want to talk i can look it up but you've probably heard of it one of those Shirley would YA novel movie you know franchises that they have. <laughs> <laughs> i'm looking at like as we're doing this live to close yeah. out the thing let's <laughs> find out what well she's modeling should we get molly at the age of four there you go by the way where's imdb here we go imdb everybody sitting at home probably knows exactly yeah. what show you're talking about oh i'm, I'm yeah big you got big little lies nope Nope, it's a it's like three movies that were from a YA novel. Um, Divergent, Divergent, yep, the Divergent series. There you go. Have you heard of Was it? Was there three of those? Yeah, there were. They, you know, they got progressively worse, but um, <laughs> and the first one wasn't that great. So, was, was Divergent the first one? Yeah. Oh, here you go, Divergent, Insurgent, Allegiant. Yep, that's it. Yeah. Well, there you go. Never knew. Hey, look, you learned something. These are first world problems for Aaron Rodgers. You know, he's got the Hollywood <laughs> actress wife. He's had a, you know, he's had a nice trail of you know, actress. Yeah. Or fiance. We'll yes. Yeah, we'll see. Because Olivia Munn, that, that, that never made it to life. Yeah. I mean, NFL MVP. He's got a good life. We can't feel too bad for Aaron Rodgers. And now I know we wasted all our time talking about Aaron Rodgers' <laughs> personal life. It's all right. We can oh. edit some of that dead air time out. <laughs> no, we'll just deal with it. It's too bad. Exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's at the and end of getting... the pod. He made it this far. Exactly. For the, and and the here's a little ball. nugget before you get out of here. Uh, Riley White gave his blessing for Kyle Pitts to wear 84 and said he hopes he becomes a Hall of Famer. So there Oh, I miss you, Roddy White. Good guy. Loved, loved, loved Best loved fantasy because he said, if I'm not practicing, don't play me. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, he's, he's helping us out, too. Good guy. I miss Roddy White. I do, I too. Do too. All right, Brandon. Uh, at what, what is your Twitter handle anyway? I don't Brandon remember. Funston, it's, it's very, I could, very, I can't remember what, what you changed. There. One be fun. I realized back in the day, I was trying yeah. to remember if you changed it. Because then I think about your Slack handle, and that's so I get confused. But anyway, <laughs> if anybody wants to follow Brandon, I'll be doing a lot more live tonight. And 
I don't know what Brandon. You're gonna be watching. Are you gonna? gonna be are you doing all skill positions again for the round two? When you hundred percent round two, hundred percent round three, hundred maybe around four. And then round five is usually where I start doing bulk updates, like three or four players at a time. Cherry picky. Oh, you're gonna do them all, but you're just gonna. Oh, I, I do all of them. I do okay. every single one. It's just I get I start to do like the bulk updates. It just that mostly because it's going so fast. If it's right. like wide receiver, wide receiver, D line, wide receiver, tight end, like and there's no way I can because there's now only five minutes between picks. Just that the the first round went pretty fast. It was like four hours. I was like, man, I was expecting. Yeah, but five. they didn't start till almost nine o'clock. So we were sitting I know. there. At I midnight. was like, I like Kings of Leon, but please get them off the stage and let's get this thing going. You know. That was, that was crazy. That was that was insane. It was insanity. And then we already had the Jaguars, and then we waited another ten minutes. And we waited another ten minutes for Zach. Will like that was absurd. What the draft intentionally didn't even start to like eight forty. Yeah, yeah. And then what was the so it was the uh, was it the Justin Fields trade? And that's when they started doing those like public service announcement things when when they were <laughs> walking to the podium like. For the love of God, just give us a pick. We can start after this one, but terrible timing on this. Everybody's like, oh, the big trade. Oh, it's going to be Justin Fields. Well, yeah, they're like, oh, by the way, we have the, yeah. yeah, we get Which, it. You know, it's important messaging, but um, could have picked a better time. Thanks for a lack of sleep, NFL. We appreciate it. We, but we're going to be tuning in. Hey, we, we love it. We're going to be tuning in again tonight. We'll be tuning in. Hopefully, you will be next week when we're back. We'll do a recap of all the rest of the draft and talking about Dynasty, or we're going to do a rookie draft. Have a lot of stuff going on. So make sure you're back for that. Still, though, Michael Beller, but we have a guest on our Tuesday podcast. So stay tuned. We'll be back on Tuesday. See ya. <laughs>